the best way to get you going. Go, 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 go. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Samira Sheikh Yassam, only on the Voice of the Cape. So recently, Cape Town firefighters had to battle massive fires in Camps Bay and Masipumaleli, and we know this time of the year is quite crazy for them. We found a really cool story in the Cape Argus of an all-female firefighting crew from Cape Town who are in desperate need of a base, uh, a base or standby quarters. The crew are attached to uh, NCC Environmental Services, a leading environmental consultancy. And uh, to give us a little bit more details around this, I'm joined online by the Managing Director, Dean Ferreira. He's the Managing Director for NCC Environmental Services uh, to talk us through this. Dean, good morning. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks for having me. Only a pleasure. So tell us a little bit more. We came across this article in the newspaper. Tell us about the Juliet crew, you know, who they are and how they've been established, etc. Cool. So the crew's just over a year old. Um, currently, they're 12 all-woman firefighters. Some have one year's experience, some have no experience. So four of the ladies are brand new. They've never been on a fire line until Camp Spay. Um, some have up to eight years' experience, but it's, as, as you said up front, it's an all-woman crew um, running as Juliet crew, and they, um, the, the end result is we want a crew that, that doesn't have a gender base to it, but more uh, green and yellow firefighters that go out and put out fires. But for many, many years, for my entire career, women have not played a major role or not been allowed to play a major role in, in fire crews. So a couple of years ago, with some push from, from friends um, and colleagues, we decided to put an all-woman crew together and over a couple of years get them up to speed as quickly as possible, um, sort out our standby quarters. You mentioned that, and thank you for saying that. Um, at the moment, they're built for men or created for men. The spaces for men only and mixing genders at this stage and some of us now is not a viable option. So over time, um, these ladies will build up experience, more and more experience, and over time, they'll be integrated to the team and you will see a crew of firefighters in green and yellow. Mm. Back, the background... Um, it started off with the Crystalis Academy, so I'm a massive fan of the Crystalis Academy in Dakai. Lucille Mayer that runs it is doing a stunning job and Western Cape Government fund um, vulnerable kids or kids at risk off the Cape Flats, off the impoverished areas. They go through a program for three months and then they put back into society to, to almost repay that with, with, with a, um, a whole lot of training they got from the Crystalis. I spoke to Lucille and we, the first year we had 15 Christmas graduates work with us. Um, not an easy task. A lot of them had no idea what it was about, even though you can explain it in PowerPoint presentations. They've got to feel it, taste it, and smell it before they, they really understand what it is. And COVID also gave them a bit of a knock. Some of the ladies fell out through the winter months, but we retained five, um, and we now complemented them with seven others. So, yeah, these crews, 100% women, all from impoverished, majority from impoverished communities, Cape Flats, Fars Beaufort West, um, and yeah, some of them are mums, some of them are, are survivors of gender-based violence. Most of them are actually, it's, it's very uncomfortable, but these girls have come through a lot, and now they're, they're professional firefighters. Well, wow, that's fantastic. But tell us also a little bit more about the women. You know, you, you spoke yeah. about the Chrysalis Academy, etc. Where do these women hail from? So the Cape Flats is the majority, Kailicha, Googs, Lavender Hill, all through. So it's, it's, it's a mix, but mainly from those impoverished areas of the Cape Flats. 
Are you still yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, the signal oh. lost there. Yeah. So, no, so yeah. those are the areas they come from. And the original group, as I said, went through Chrysalis. The others, the recent interviews were done. We advertised on our Facebook and we were swamped. It was really fantastic one, but we only had space for, for 12 in total. Um, and we had interviews. The lady came down from George, Toes River. I mean, they traveled in to do these interviews. Very excited. Every single day, we're getting multiple requests to join the crew. At this stage, we don't have the capacity to take on any more around transport. We don't have the, the correct accommodation yet. Um, and this crew's funded out of my pocket. It's not, wow. at this stage, it's not a, it's not, we're a PTY for profit business. But mm. at this stage, this is a crew that's, that's still making their way. And every now and then, they get an opportunity to go out to fire. So we can't afford to employ people without a, a, a source of income that, that sustains the business. So at this stage, yeah, we're sticking to 12 for this season. And next season, if all goes well, we'll increase the size of the crew. Is it quite significant to have an all-female fighting crew, firefighting crew? It is and it isn't. So we don't want to have a gender-based crew. Um, but what is significant about it is, so around the world, the average is 2 to 3% of wildland firefighters are women. In South Africa, it's much larger. The work on fire programs up to, I think, around 30%. So that's quite encouraging. A lot of those positions, however, around the world are either administrative or, or secondary positions. And what, what I'd like to do and my colleagues like to do and the people who are supporting us like to do is integrate fully. There must be no difference between the male and female. As I said, they must, we wear yellow and green kit. All you will see is somebody in yellow and green. So is there significance? Yes as a starting point, no as an end point. Mm. If we were to look at, you know, the Cape Town summer months, you know, yep. um, where we see five, uh, fires increasing in number, actually, yep. what are the challenges for this young crew? So there's, there's two types of challenges. The one challenge at the moment is being women. All our clothing's cut for men, men's sizes. So boots, for example, we wear between a 6 and a, and a 13, and the ladies wear between a 6 and a 2. And we actually don't get those cuts of boots. Our firefighting boots are specifically made for firefighting. They're a standard, and they're not just off-the-shelf items. And the company that was making them has closed their doors now. So the, the first thing is trying to get boots for anyone. We probably have to import them. The second thing is getting the cut for the ladies of a small size that fits them comfortably and safely because they're going to be in those boots for 24, 36 hours a day. Um, we, oh, per shift, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. Um, in a shift, we've got to make sure they're right. That's the one thing. Then the, the, the pants on the top, same story again. Cut for men, not cut for women. And it's not that you want to be looking sort of a fashion model or male or female in this kit, but it's got to fit snugly so that so it's comfortable to wear climbing mountains. So that's those are two of the issues. I think one of the other issues is still the respect that women can do the job that, 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 that men have been doing traditionally for years. And this crew's breaking down some of that. From the camps by fire, mm. uh, the, 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 the divisional commander from the provider service has come up to and say these girls have done a great job. He didn't know there were ladies up front until they came out of the bush and sort of taking their helmets and, and flashes off. Did a great job. Um, so there is that perception that, that women can't do what men do, and I think that's completely that's rubbish. Mm. Yeah, that's so that, that's the one. And then the, naturally the other, the other side of it, as you said, we're still, we're still trying to find a permanent base. At mm. the moment, Christmas mm. is allowing us 
to use some space there. But as soon as they open up again, um, the girls will have to go home, which then means they have to travel by train and, and taxi, which is not a great thing after hours, and trying to get to a fire from a train and a taxi because we can't send our vehicles into some of the areas because they get stoned like the other fire brigade services vehicles do. So right. those are the type of hindrances we have. Now, Dean, you also mentioned, you know, that this is being funded from your, you know, out of your own pocket. And I wanted to touch on uh, on something very important, you know, in terms of support. Yeah. Um, uh, do you lend support to city or provincial firefighters or do you work independently? How do you get dispatched to emergencies? So, so NCC, we're an environmental consultancy, but 50% of our business is wildfire. So National Parks firefighters, for example, there's only two senior managers that work for National Parks. Everyone else, the drivers, the crew leaders, the superintendents, and the firefighters are all NCC staff. Cape Nature has one of our crews. Provincial government had one of our crews. Uh, Cape Winans have one of our crews. Um, private landowners hire our crews. And so we're, we're a four-hire fire service and we are contracted through season we've run the only from a, the male point of view at this stage we're on the only type one crew in africa and we're the only crew that's ever got to america and assisted them in their big fires we did two seasons we would have gone this year again but COVID held us back so we have very experienced and professional firefighters so people hire us from the ladies point of view they are not on contract to anyone at the moment but when there's a fire and we're going to extend an attack so a longer period all, all other resources have been used that ladies will go out and compliment the their, their other crews we have, the Alpha, Bravo, Charlie and Delta, stuff mm-hmm. to Juliet. Now, also in terms of um, you know, support, if the community wants to support you, is there a contact number? Yeah, our office number is 021-702-884. Um, Facebook, uh, there's a Wildfires, NCC Wildfires Facebook page. Um, or they can contact me on my mobile if I can give that out. Yes, please. My mobile number is 084-629-4303. Right, let's leave it there. Dean Ferreira, NCC Environmental Services Managing Director. I appreciate your time this morning on Breakfast. Good, thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. VOC Breakfast, weekdays 6.30 to 9 a.m. Only on the Voice of the Cape.